As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. The world is constantly changing and transforming. Cut through some of the noise with What's New with Wired, a podcast that goes in-depth on the latest news and technology and culture. Their award-winning journalism will help you make sense of what's happening in the world. Listen to What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. That's What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. This is El Salvador, a relatively small, relatively poor country in Central America, which was up until recently best known for its coffee, never winning an Olympic medal, and an unfortunate cameo in Archer. Oh, was that based off Guatemala? They never really did clear that up. Anyway, all of that might soon be irrelevant because El Salvador has made headlines for winning an entirely different race, being the first country to adopt Bitcoin as official legal tender. This is huge news that could potentially lend a lot of legitimacy to the claim that cryptocurrencies could be, well, you know, a currency. But as far as test subjects go, El Salvador might be less than totally ideal for a few big reasons that we will need to explore in this video. Not least of which is that the country barely has a functioning currency to start with, so it might be difficult to truly gauge the success of this program. Nonetheless, with the promise of being the first country to adopt what many have touted as the economy of the future, all eyes will be on this tiny little nation, and maybe even some feet as well. That's because, to accelerate this initiative, the government of El Salvador has offered citizenship to anybody with as little as three bitcoins. Despite all of this sounding like a resounding national endorsement of Bitcoin, the several hundred billion dollar market for the virtual currency didn't really react that much to the news. Now, this says a lot about both the crypto market and El Salvador, but to understand what it all means, we must first answer the following questions. Why would the government of El Salvador actually do this? What are the challenges the country can expect to face with this new system? Why didn't this boost the price of Bitcoin very much, despite being the realisation of the currency's core goal? And perhaps most crucially, what could this move teach us about the inflationary fears that some economists have for nations like the USA? Of course, once we do all of that, we can put El Salvador on the Economics Explained National Leaderboard over on our second channel. This episode of Economics Explained was made possible by our fans on Patreon. If you would like to gain early access to these videos before they're uploaded to YouTube, as well as participate in exclusive Q&A sessions, which are now held every Saturday at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, please consider supporting our channel at patreon.com slash economicsexplained. So the first thing to understand about this move to adopt Bitcoin as a legal currency is that El Salvador is not really giving up their own currency to do so. That's not to say that they don't have a national currency, they do. It's the El Salvador and Colón, but it's almost never used. Instead, since 2001, the country overwhelmingly uses American dollars. This dollarization, as it's known, was welcomed by the government, which actually willingly adopted the foreign currency by honouring the exchange of one American dollar for every 8.75 colons, an offer that actually still stands to this day. So if you've got any of those notes lying around, feel free to cash them in. Anyway, dollarization is nothing new per se, 
We see it all the time in countries like Zimbabwe, Somalia, and more recently Venezuela. All countries that were almost forced into using it because their own currencies had become practically worthless due to hyperinflation. El Salvador was a little bit different though. It wasn't forced to adopt the dollar, it chose to. But why would they willingly give up their sovereign currency? Well, there are actually a few big advantages, especially for a relatively small, growing nation like El Salvador. For starters, it's cheap. The US spent $877 million printing, transporting, securing, and storing cash in 2020. To the Federal Reserve, that's a drop in the bucket. But to El Salvador, with a GDP of only $27 billion, yeah, those printing costs can start to add up. The main reason though is that it makes the country much more attractive to foreign investment. There are lots of risks when investing, but one that becomes particularly important when investing internationally is exchange rate risk. For example, if you invested $1,000 into a company in Brazil back in 2011, whose stock price increased 300% in the 10 years following, you would be pretty happy with that return, right? Or I mean, maybe not. In the world of GME and Dogecoin, people expect 300% daily returns. But anyway, back in my day, 300% returns in 10 years would have been pretty good. But our would-be investor would be disappointed to find out that in that same time, the Brazilian real fell in value by about two-thirds, making their brilliant investment a barely break-even deal. This is foreign exchange risk, and sure, there are ways to manage it, but things like currency futures are not always cheap and certainly not easy for non-institutional investors to deal with. The only way to totally eliminate this variable for investors who may be interested in dropping fat stacks on your nation is just to eliminate your domestic currency. Having business done exclusively in American dollars also makes things cheaper and easier on top of eliminating this risk. Foreign exchange fees can be steep and take a long time to process. Throw in the need for foreign bank accounts and it's easy to understand why a lot of investors just don't want to get involved in foreign countries. So was this dollarization scheme effective in attracting foreign investments into El Salvador? Well, not really. Now, that wasn't because the dollarization system backfired or anything, it was more so that El Salvador was plagued with crime and corruption, so it wasn't exactly an attractive investment destination no matter what currency was in circulation. Now, despite failing to bring in much in the way of investment, the dollarization effort did start to cause some other, more serious shortages. El Salvador is a geographically small country with a dense population. What this means is that in any given year, it needs to import more goods and services than it exports. This is called a balance of trade deficit, and despite sounding kind of scary, it's not actually a major problem. Some of the largest and most prosperous economies in the world have massive trade deficits. But it is a problem for a small country that doesn't have control over its own currency. You see, the El Salvadoran government is not allowed to print the American dollars that its population uses to trade. Well, not without making Uncle Sam very angry, that is. But as the country continues to exchange more money to buy foreign goods than it makes by selling goods abroad, well, it's gonna run out of money, the same way that you or I would run out of money if we spent more money than we made. Now, of course, this hasn't actually happened, and the money supply within the nation has actually been growing in the two decades since the introduction of dollarization. But how? The country is spending more than it's earning, and it's not even attracting investments to top up these supplies. So what gives? 
Well, you see, the nation has one of the largest foreign workforces in the world. Every month, hundreds of millions of dollars are sent back to El Salvadoran families from El Salvadoran workers employed in other countries. More often than not, the United States. Which is great, because of course that means they get paid in those sweet, sweet freedom bucks that their own home country also happens to use. Now, this isn't problem solved by any means. For starters, the pandemic was a major hit to this income source. But even beyond that, foreign transaction fees take a huge chunk out of the economy's income. Sending money back to your family in your home country, or remittances as they're officially known, are usually made in lots of small transactions. This is of course generalising, but most El Salvadoran workers in the United States will be on low incomes, and will be sending lots of small transfers back home. A $15 international wire fee is not a big deal to a company sending tens of thousands of dollars at a time, but it is a big deal to a foreign worker earning $8 an hour and sending $100 back to their family for the week. This is where Bitcoin comes in. It is hoped that this cryptocurrency can be used to accommodate borderless income for workers abroad. Of course, Bitcoin itself still has inbuilt transaction fees, but these are far lower than what most banks are charging for similar cross-border transactions. Now, beyond offering a cheaper alternative to foreign workers, this policy must also be properly recognised for what it is, which is another ploy to attract foreign investment. Dollarization may not have been the windfall that the country was hoping for, but maybe kryptonization might be. With offers like citizenship available to anybody that invests 3 bitcoins or more, it's not unrealistic to assume that El Salvador might be the first country on earth to try and meme its way into prosperity. Now will this work? Uh, who knows? Probably not. Chances are the news about this will fade away in the next few weeks and nobody that has $100,000 worth of Bitcoin is going to make themselves at home in the literal murder capital of the world. Realistically, the market knows this, and that's why the price of Bitcoin is actually down since the announcement was made, at least at the time of publishing this video. So that might be a bit of a buzzkill, but there is still a lesson to be learnt here which is how inflation works. Inflation has been big news in recent months, and unfortunately there is still a lot of misconceptions about what this term actually means. Now we have recently made an entire video on this topic, so go and watch that if you want the full rundown. But a classic mistake that I see is that people think inflation is their money becoming worth less, which isn't technically correct. Inflation is actually the rising price level of goods and services. Now of course, since goods and services are paid for with money, this is a relativistic relationship, so 99 times out of 100, the idea that inflation is just money becoming worthless is fine, especially to regular people only concerned with how inflation will affect them. But it will limit your understanding of the issue as an economist. The best example of this is El Salvador. With the understanding that inflation all has to do with the value of a currency, you would expect the United States and El Salvador would have the same inflation rates, since, you know, they use the same currency. But they don't. In fact, recently, inflation in El Salvador has been noticeably lower than inflation in the United States, which goes to show the currency itself isn't the only thing at play here, and understanding inflation as the rise in the general price level of goods and services will serve you well when studying the issue. In fact, even beyond this, inflation is normally measured on a national level, but even that could be a bit misleading, because inflation rates will vary city to city and state to state. 
So even though you might not be walking away from this video with a new Bitcoin super economy, hopefully you will have walked away with a better understanding of inflation and how to get around it. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed the latest video. If you did, please consider liking and subscribing. This video is made possible by our patrons over on Patreon, so if you enjoy these videos, please consider supporting the channel like these awesome people did. Thanks guys, bye.